0: Kelly Raspberry Evans has been a co-host on the Kid Craddock Morning Show for more than 25 years. This is a nationally syndicated show. I know so many of you are familiar with it. We have followed her life, uh, you know, through the dating world and being a newlywed and being a mom. And now would you believe it? Kelly's daughter is a teenager and they've started a business together. This is Kelly's Second Shot.
1: On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people just like you and me who've had to overcome incredible odds to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now we're changing it up. In these episodes, We're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit Downs with your host, Jenny Anchondo.
0: Okay, welcome Kelly Raspberry Evans. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Okay, so, so let's sort of, before we get going, and I know most people watching this and listening to this know who you are, but the quickest way I know to get to know somebody is to find out three people that they would like to meet or maybe spend time with. You've done a lot of celebrity interviews, so you've
2: probably met a lot yeah. of interesting people. Yeah, I met a lot of people in... Uh the decades I've done this business, but I, I would choose to meet people I haven't already met before. Um, if I had to choose three, I would have to say Oprah because she's Oprah. And I just, I think she would be just somebody you'd you'd want to be around her energy and she's just so encouraging and inspiring. Mm -hmm. I'd like to meet her. Um, Hoda Kotb because she is just sunshine totally agree. I love her energy. Mm-hmm. I just think she's just there. I've never seen Hoda Kotb be upset. You know, I just I, I just love that energy and I wish I had more of that. Yeah, I wonder what she's like as a new mom, too. You oh, know what I mean? I bet best. she's just amazing. She's the best. She's got two now. Yeah. And she didn't she adopted, I think the first one when she was over 50. Yeah. I I I love her whole story. I know she's exhausted, Mm -hmm. but you'd never know it. She's Mm -hmm. just so wonderful. And I think the third one, if I had to choose, that's a hard one. Hoda and Oprah came to me pretty quickly. But I think for the third, probably Meghan Markle. (gasps) Ooh, I love the royal family. And I'm a big fan of Hallmark Christmas movies. And (laughs) Meghan Markle, her life to me is like a Hallmark Christmas movie. It's like the American girl who falls in love with a prince And then gets taken to the palace. But everything is turned upside down because they don't welcome an American into the family immediately. And that's her life. It's It's playing out like a Hallmark Christmas movie. But there's always a happy ending. And I know Megan's struggling right now. But I think it's going to work out. I think her and Harry are just divine. And I'm rooting for them. She seems to have such a strong personality. I know. I love her. Right. I love that she said last week, I believe I was reading, she said, I don't want to be loved. I just want people to hear me. Mm. Hear what I'm saying. And I'm Mm -hmm. paraphrasing. But, yeah, so she's using her platform to to do all the good work she tried to do before yeah. she was a royal. So right. I, I really like it. So those Ooh, three I, hope, I hope that happens for you. I hope all three happen for you. Yeah, those I are think great ones, will. right? Yeah, those are great ones. If I'm I really... do say so myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> those are great ones. Those are great ones. So, like I said in the intro, so many of us know you from the Kate Craddock Morning Show, but I want to hear about what was Kelly Raspberry's life like before that. What were you doing? What was... Before Kid Pratic Show? Yes. Oh, my gosh. You're come up in the radio world and in the on-camera world.
2: Well, I I was uh, raised in South Carolina, and my dream was to be a sitcom actress. I just love making people laugh. I like that quick, you know... The thing you look forward to every week was that little show you had. Yeah. So I wanted to be a sitcom actress, and I didn't know how I was going to do that from Florence, South Carolina. So I I went to the Yellow Pages. There used to be a thing called the Yellow Pages. <laughs> it was a book, and some of the pages were actually yellow, and that's where businesses were listed. So, you know, some people you oh have to gosh. explain that to. Well, so, they still send them out. I don't know. And who's using it? They I'm do send them out. Right to the recycle bin. Yes. Right? But anyway, so I looked up acting classes in Florence, South Carolina. And there was a modeling school called Valdotti School of Modeling. And so I signed up for that. And uh, she had these acting conventions and modeling conventions where they they would invite people from L.A. and New York and Atlanta, which years and years ago was just starting to bubble. You know, a lot of movies and TV shows are from there now. But back then it was just starting out. And I met an agent from Atlanta and said, move down here. We'll get you on TV shows. And it didn't quite work out. Um, I ended up going back to Florence and I got a job in radio. And I just, through the, through the, through the Val Bodies, I'm skipping a lot of, of backstory. stories. Yeah. I've told, told this story a million times, but um, I was 19 and I went to this acting convention and the, the acting thing wasn't work out, but I met the owner of a radio station. And he said, I think you're really great for radio. Why don't you try that? I was like, sure, why not? Sure. So I got home and called the local radio station. I said, hey, this guy said I'd be really good in radio. I'm going to try that, Kelly. It's true. <laughs> and he said, well, come on in. And I did. And they put me in front of a microphone, and they just left me. And they said, just start talking. So he literally left me in a room by myself with a microphone, and I just started doing voices and accents and singing in silly voices. I, I, oh I didn't know what to do, and they what came I back What I would do in. for that tape now. I, oh, <laughs> God, I hope that doesn't exist, but they hired me. That's a great
0: you guys, let's use that as our next career advice. Just someone said I'd be good
2: at this. You know, you don't even know any better. I think that's when you have your most success is when you have no fear and you don't know any better. Mm -hmm. So you Mm -hmm. just do stuff. You don't know about the proper channels. You don't know about well, you need to have this much education and this much experience. You don't know any better. So you just do it. And sometimes it works out in a really great way. So are you glad now
0: that not that I mean, I said this to you on the phone. I still think acting. That's not out of the question. You could
2: still end up doing that in addition to what you're doing.
0: But are are you glad that things worked out the way they did? Yeah, it worked out the way yeah. it was
2: supposed to. I do every once in a while I get to do this little bit of acting, sometimes on the radio. But yeah. I was in a Christmas movie called Holiday in Your Heart with Leanne Rimes. Uh-huh. I am horrible in it. <laughs> I'm in the first 10 minutes and then I'm done. So if you ever see it after 10 minutes, if you're looking for me, that's all you need to watch. <laughs> but you know, I wasn't, I wasn't great, but it was fun. I don't, I don't regret any of the any of the things that did or did not happen to me because sure. I'm where I'm supposed to be now. Right.
0: So let's talk about uh, Kid Craddock Morning Show now. I, again, 2013, such a pivotal year. Obviously, that's when, um, for those of us who have followed the show uh, will remember, Kid Craddock passed away, and it was such a, a shock to the community. Yeah. And I just I want to hear what the behind-the-scenes was like for, for all of you.
2: Well, it was, it was a shock, and we knew he wasn't feeling well, um we we had gone to New Orleans to do a, an affiliate visit. We have, you know, markets across the country. And some of the larger ones, we do affiliate visits every year. And so we had gone, and they decided to do a charity golf tournament. It just all coincided at the same time for Kids Kids, mm-hmm. where we take uh, children with life-altering, life-threatening conditions to Disney World every year. It's a charity that kids started. And uh, so the, the night before the tournament. Kid went out on Bourbon Street, loved Bourbon Street and he was kind of hanging out and you know he just wasn't he was in a good mood, he was but he just wasn't feeling well. Sure. And uh the next morning he told us all that he had had uh he'd felt really sick, pains in his arm. Mm-hmm. This you know the typical the classic signs, stuff, the classic yeah. stuff and we're like why didn't you call the 911? Why didn't you go to the hospital? He said, "Well, I feel fine now. I'm fine now, so not going to worry about it." Well, then of course, you know, two or three hours later, he was gone. Yeah. And, you know, that's just, you got to listen to your body and, not, and never think it's not going to happen to you. He was only 53 years mm-hmm. old. If he had gone to the doctor, he would be with us today. Because when we got back to Dallas, uh, I think it was the very next week, George W. Bush went to Cooper Clinic. That's right. Very next week. I'm, I might be a little off on my it days. It was around that time. Around the same yep, time. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. They, they found the blockage, put a stint in there. He's fine. And I have a feeling if Kid would have done that, he'd still be with us. So I just think it was a big wake up call for a lot of men, particularly to to listen to your body
0: and go get that checkup. So and guys, as you're hearing this too, like don't let this be one of those that where you slide by and say, uh huh, uh huh, to what Kelly's saying. I, I mean, you've got you've got. We all have to know those warning signs, yeah. right? We all have to actually like hear that, feel that. Listen,
2: it, not just say, oh yeah, you all should do that. He was having all the signs mm-hmm. that we all see in the PSAs mm-hmm. and still didn't go. And we were all fussing. At, you know, and there's guilt we had. You know, well, maybe we should have called 911 and made him go. You know, there's so many what ifs. But, yeah, you,
0: can, I mean, you can't do But we do weren't that.
2: expecting it. It uh, happened very suddenly. And when we came back to Dallas, uh, it happened on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So we came back on the air Monday. And we just did a, a about an hour show just to let people know. Because a lot of people thought there were rumors. It was a prank, a bad internet hoax. Those mm-hmm. things happen all the time. But we wanted to let people know that he had he had passed away. At that point, we didn't know if we were going to have a job because it was the kid it Craddock in show. the morning show. And with him, I mean, it's still a business. And when he died, the contract was null and void. You know, the contract died with him. So we had a lot of question marks about our future at that point. Right. So what, happen- what happened after that? Obviously, the show still... Well, a lot of people thought, a lot of big people high up said that was it. They were going to pull us. They were canceling the show and just, it was over. Uh But our boss, George Laughlin, uh, went to bat for us and he fought. And he said, you've got to give these guys a chance. You can't do this to them. And he really uh, fought for us and managed to get us 30 days. We had 30 days to prove that we could do the show without Kid. Hold on. Hold on.
0: In the aftermath of, of, of your your colleague, your dear friend, your you know, I'm, and in the media world, too, just like so many businesses, it's so
2: close. Like, mm-hmm. you're so interwoven with those people. It was a family, so, and a, it was like a radio marriage. It was I'd lost my husband, yeah. my radio husband. It really was like a grieving widow situation.
0: And then you're kind of put out there like, okay, well, now prove your worth during the grieving yeah. time.
2: So I didn't have much time to be really sad i took a week off that next week um after we came back monday i took mm-hmm. the rest of the week off and i sat at home in my pajamas didn't take phone calls my friends finally came over and made me you know they stare at me with pity and right. feed me you know i didn't want people looking at me mm-hmm. <laughs> but um we went back on the air that monday knowing that we have 30 days and i was just when i go back and listen to that first day back i almost get tears in my eyes because mm-hmm. I, I could hear the panic in my voice the first day coming back without kid and the nervous energy and talking ninety miles an hour just because you know adrenaline's flowing mm-hmm. through your veins, and it was a scary, scary time, but the thing is is our audience was rooting for us, they yeah. loved kid so much. And they wanted us to keep his memory alive. And they were rooting for us. They had no idea. The audience didn't know we had 30 days to prove ourselves. But mm-hmm. um, because they continued to listen and stuck with us. And, of course, then you had the people uh, that were saying, well, after, you know, after the, the curiosity factor wears off, People aren't going to stay. They're not going to listen. They're just tuning in to oh, see. Oh, that
0: your talent wouldn't stand on its
2: own? They, they, they were listening out of curiosity. Oh. To how, how could they possibly pull this off without Kid? But the audience stayed. Yeah. And they stayed. And they stayed until finally they had to realize we can't cancel the show. And they wanted to bring in another host. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, chemistry is something you can't force. You can't just bring in a host and say this is it. For sure. It was, you know, so we kind of balked at that idea some of us more loudly than others. <laughs> was it you? Uh, yeah, I was very vocal yeah. about how I felt about it. I just thought that JC, who is, you know, in the the captain's position now running the board, taking the calls, he's got so many things going on running the show. Um, I, I gave him my blessing because at first people thought I would take it because I'd been there the yeah, longest. I'm I can like, see that. I don't want that. Uh-huh. I didn't want that job. That's not my, my role on the show wasn't uh-huh. to be the 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 leader conductor that's not my role on the show um I have I think a very important role on the show and it's a support position Mm -hmm. and I was very comfortable with that and I, I gave my blessing to JC and you know it was hard for him but people they were so compassionate and they you know they knew he was nervous and they knew it was overwhelming but they still loved him and support not everybody you know, some people were very cruel and, you know, social media can be really hard, but he's stuck in there and he's doing a great job now. So it's been six years Wow. and we're still number one. So, I mean, that's, that's a testament to kids' memory, to his, his genius in putting this cast mm-hmm. together because it's the same cast. You know, we've brought in a couple of new people, you know, around us, but the same core talent that he put together is still there.
0: Which is pretty, which is pretty remarkable. I mean, even just, I mean, you look at media jobs, that's just to be in one position for 25 years, I think is, is, is impressive in any, any world, much less media. So we're going to take a quick break and then uh, just so everybody knows what we're going to be talking about coming up. I want to hear about dating world, um, married life, doing a podcast the a business with your husband, and then this wonderful business you've started with your daughter. Sure. So we'll talk about that in the second segment of second shot. Really quick break to tell you guys about, and we have been so pumped about this, our new sponsor of the Second Shot podcast. It is myllc.com. So Heath actually introduced me to this company uh, a long time ago because he's been using them for everything. Every time he puts together a new business, he goes there, gets the LLC set up. They send back a little portfolio with everything done. It's legally savvy, legally sound, and put together for you. So if you're somebody who's sort of, like thinks that that's the daunting part of a business, which for me, it always has been, myllc.com is for real where you want to go. And they're also hooking you guys up with a deal. So write it down. Maybe you're not starting a business today, but maybe you're getting inspired by the interviews. It is this, 99 My LLC, which gives you $99 off of a new corporation or LLC. I will also tell you, we definitely price checked before doing this, It is for sure the most affordable option. Heath and I have been using them for years and years. We just adore this company. So myllc.com. And again, the code for $99 off is 99myllc. We're back with Kelly Raspberry Evans. And you guys, I forgot to introduce Matt at the beginning.
1: Oh, that's okay. I'm so I'm sorry, and I
0: do feel like I. Oh wait, the ladder's gone. There the used ladder's to be. gone. Yeah,
1: it's in use somewhere. I assume. Yeah,
0: <laughs> there used to we're be. We're cleaning. We're slowly ladder.
1: cleaning this uh, this space out.
0: And we were talking about this before Kelly came. You listened to her like I did, sure. you know, over the years and everything like that. And I just think it's interesting to hear the backstory on this kind of stuff. Um, I'm always interested when I hear about like relationship talk, dating talk, you know. Single mom life, all that kind of stuff fascinates me, and I'm curious to know, was it hard as the show became more popular and you became more famous? Was Did that make dating hard? You know, before oh, you met your
2: husband, obviously. It made dating very difficult. Um... When I first came to Dallas, I met my my first husband. We dated seven and a half years before we got married, but he dug it. He didn't mind the attention. He wanted to be in the entertainment industry. So as long as what I was saying was, you know, good, he was fine with me talking about him. But then we got divorced. And then because I was so freely free and open with our relationship on the radio, a lot of men shied away from dating me. They would flat out tell me I don't want to be talked about on the radio.
0: But, which I know, mean i
2: I get I get that, but I also dated several men that nobody ever heard about mm. because i you know what when somebody digs it, you know when somebody doesn't, mm-hmm. so i I would like to think I was intelligent enough to to uh to know somebody like that, but some men didn't even give me a chance but um i had i I dated and I had a lot of fun, and I, I talked about it, and that's the thing to be with to be on the radio or to be to date me. In my position on the radio, I have to be an open book to a point, to a point. I would never purposely embarrass someone. Of course. It's always going to be, you know, hopefully a real world situation that a lot of people can relate to, but I never have any um, ill intent or want to, because I, you know, when I was going through a divorce, I had all the power, right? Right. I had the microphone every day. He didn't. And I could have gone on the radio and just aired out all the dirty laundry, but that's my daughter's father. And, you know... People get over that stuff. There's some things I could have said on the radio that I could never take back. Yeah. So I had to be very careful because it is a powerful thing. I
0: also get a sense that that's not really your role on the show either. You're not the basher of
2: of of people usually. Well, when I do love – well, I used to be when I was younger. I was a lot sassier <laughs> and I didn't I, – I have a little bit more of a filter now as far as the words I choose sure. to say something. But when I was younger, I, I pretty much just said whatever I was thinking and – and I, I paid the price for that a few times. Mm-hmm. I got my wrist slapped a few times. But that's what Kid loved about me. Mm-hmm. He, he just loved that I, he said, as long as people love you or hate you, I don't care. It's when they don't care about you, they have no opinion, that's when we have a problem. So true. So, I, but I still want to be loved. <laughs> so wrist slapped in the
0: way of the audience being upset or your management being upset?
2: Not management. I was very lucky that management protected me. So if like if I said something that was offensive to an audience member, um there were a lot of times when the boss, you know, took care of that for me and I never even knew about it. Oh wow. Like when I'd say something and the people would get their feelings hurt and threaten a lawsuit or something. Uh, people oh, do that. Wow. And uh yeah, so they were they were protective of me because they didn't want to stifle my my creativity. They didn't want to stifle my um my, my, my ability just to say whatever I was thinking. I'm not, and and I'm not saying those things very well right now. I'm losing my words. Well, but
0: I think the thing is that when you put somebody out there and say, be yourself, but, but, but we want you to be like this contained version of yourself. They know that that's not the thing that soars to the highest heights. And they're looking for not just like a little show that a few people listen to. Yeah. They're looking for powerhouse, biggest
2: thing in the country. But there's a lot of things we used to be able to say 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. We can't say now. It's just such a heightened sense of, you know, political correctness and things we used to do, make fun, do accents. Nobody ever thought anything of it. But now we would be fired. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, you know, the times have changed. So we've had to temper ourselves a little bit. But I still, you know, I say what I think. I love letters to Kelly when people write Mm -hmm. to me and they are asking me for my advice. It's not like I walk up to people (laughs) on the street and I say, I don't like the way you're behaving or what you're wearing right now. I wouldn't do that. But if you're going to write a letter to me or you're going to send me a picture and say, what do you think of this or mm-hmm. situation, I'll tell you what I think because you asked. Right? Yes,
0: right. Yeah, you're you're putting yourself out there. Like the other right. person's putting themselves out there because they want to be on the radio and because they right. want to hear your opinion to and their... I try not to do
2: it from a... I try to do it from a place of love. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I want you to be the best version of you.
0: Well, and not everybody has somebody that can give them honest advice. Yeah. So you know what I mean? A lot yeah. of people have yes people, so... You know, you
2: got to find somebody that will give the actual truth. That's a huge problem because you look what happens to especially celebrities who are mm-hmm. surrounded by yes people like mm-hmm. a Justin Bieber, for instance. You know, I've always had a soft spot in my heart for him because when he was first starting out, it's like 14 years old. He came to our studio yeah. and we had him for a whole week. We did like a talent camp with him and some other kids and we let him sing because he was just bubbling up. Just Usher had just signed him and was working with him. Just a good, good kid good Christian kid values. His mom was there with him. And I remember her saying how worried she was for him because they could see this is getting ready to blow up. This is going to be big. Am I going to be able to protect him? Is he going to be surrounded by the right people? And you see what happens when a kid's given everything he wants. All, I mean, he worked for it, but he was surrounded by yes people, all the money in the world. And you see where that that led him. He wasn't happy. It was, you know, it was just a really sad thing to watch, but I was always rooting for him. I think he's finally coming back around.
0: I think so, too. Oh, I think so, too. But it's true. People have loved, hated him yeah. for, for like a
2: decade. I mean, and he, I was a even he was a brat. He was a brat. We were all brats mm-hmm. at 17, 18 years old. We just didn't have it play out on a world stage. Right. right, 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 right.
0: So let's talk about you working with your husband now. Yeah. So you found you found somebody who's not only okay with being in the public eye and um, being right. talked about in the public, but also working together on
2: your guys' podcast. I was very lucky. I was having a hard time. I was ready to find love. You know, we, you know. Why is that embarrassing it's for somebody m- to say? It's not. It no, shouldn't Why be. do
0: people pretend, you know, people pretend like I'm okay by myself, which is fine. You do need to be okay that's with great. by yourself. But there's
2: also nothing wrong with wanting a partner. That's, that's, yeah. I agree, Jenny. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So I was in the position where, uh, what do I do? Where do I go find someone? Mm -hmm. Because I was on a nationally syndicated radio show. I could go out to bars. I could go to church. I could do all these things, but I wasn't meeting people. (laughs) The two opposites, bars or church. Right. (laughs) Or through the radio. But you can meet just as nice people in bars as you can in church. (laughs) I
0: agree. Sometimes
2: better people in (laughs) bars than you can in church. I'll say that. But So the whole online dating thing, I'd always put it off because I was like... I'm Kelly Raspberry. I can't be on online dating. You know, and then I was, there was a little bit of fear about what people would think of me uh-huh. and would it be a bunch of listeners messing with me? Just kind of goofing. Right. But I looked at it as, I tried to look at it as a bit for the radio. Totally, I said, so if I do this and it goes horribly wrong, it's funny stories for the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I, if I do this and I find love, then bonus, bonus <laughs> right? So that's the way I looked at it. So um, I I, I started off on it. I had a lot of fun. I I found somebody pretty early. We got serious really quickly, and then that fell apart. I took a little bit of a break, and after the new year, I said, okay, I'm ready to try again. You have to have the right attitude when you do it because I treated it like a second job. I had to have a daughter and so when I didn't have her, I would schedule five dates. I'd just oh. knock them out. It was business. It was so business.
0: People, yeah, but, but you had business you had people wanting to schedule five dates with you. Yeah. I so mean I would never work more
2: this is this is my little work. tips for you who are looking <laughs> for online love. I'd never work more than five men at a time because I can't. I mean five was a lot. Oh my gosh. Five is a lot. It is a lot, but they were one and done's. Oh, because it was, you would know after that first meeting. You know, meeting. it would it, be one and done. Yeah. Some of them would be more than one day, but the majority of them were one and done. Mm-hmm. And I never had really bad experiences. I'd meet for lunches. I'd meet for a happy hour. I'd meet for a dinner. Um, and it was just, you know, pleasant. I met pilots. I met accountants. I met people in marketing. I met a volleyball coach. I met all sorts of different people. Um, and if if it was a great time, if I never heard from them again, that was fine. My ego wasn't crushed because I had four other guys right. that I had to get to. You have to be in the right frame of mind. Mm -hmm. If you put all your hopes and dreams into this one date, I've got this one date, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, that's really good advice. So uh, I finally, um, Alan, when I swiped right on him... Actually, I swiped left on him the first time. And then he came up again? He came up again because when Bumble was first starting, there wasn't that many people on it. There weren't that many people. And so I guess for whatever reason, they let people cycle through again. They pulled him out of the recycle bin, thank God. That's the only thing I can figure because I remember vividly swiping left on him because of one picture that I didn't like. What was it? It was cheesy and I'll be honest, I thought he was gay. And I've told this story a lot and he... He hears he's me with it. And he's yeah. fine. He's like, whatever. It was a selfie in the car, and he had a scarf on, and he was cheesing really hard, and he was kind of taking it as a joke picture for his girlfriends that he had at work. But I was like, don't put that on your I just Bumble. thought you were, I thought you were gay. So anyway, he came back by, but I thought he was very handsome. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to swipe right. And I'm glad I did. But when I, when I swiped right on him, I was seeing two other men. Nothing, we, it wasn't wasn't sexual or anything you can you can do online dating and not sleep with everybody <laughs> this might be a big bulletin for a, a lot of people that you might not realize that online dating does not mean you have to sleep with them <laughs> and so i when i say i was seeing two other men i was not sleeping with sure, two other men sure you were entertaining conversation
0: You'd with them that like going to lunch or whatever
2: assume that that's what online dating is because i guess they've had a few bad experiences okay But uh, yeah, so I was dating then three men, you know, and I wasn't like keeping it a secret. I just didn't bring it up to the other men. You don't have to tell all your business on these Mm, days. And then eventually I realized Alan was the one I wanted to spend my time with. So did you tell him, are you dating? Are you also doing the five-person dating rule and you need to stop? Mm, I didn't. He's the one that told me first that um, he just wanted to let me know that he had turned off his account. He'd shut down his Bumble account. And I said, That's great. Mine's still open because at that point I hadn't decided he was the one. He decided on me first. Okay, but you know I wasn't at that point. I wasn't feeling that way, so I didn't didn't want to put all my eggs in that basket. Mm -hmm. You have to keep your options. I think that's a, a danger zone. A lot of people they just say, "Well, let me put all my energy into this relationship," but then if that falls apart, then you let these other two go. They were really nice men, you know? Yes. So when I realized that Alan was the one I wanted to When he on. proposed, she shut down her Bumble account. When he,
0: no. <laughs> a little bit a little before, before that. that. A little, a little before bit that. before that. So what's it like, what's the, when you guys do the podcast together, what's the work relationship like? Because you have so much, you know, your whole career and background is in this type of work. Did he have a background in...
2: He was in marketing. Uh, He was the head of marketing for Linux Heating and Air Uh Company. And so he was used to getting on stage at all of these conventions and doing presentations. So public speaking wasn't a big deal for him. Um, Our boss, George Laughlin, that saved the show earlier, he started this podcast company and this podcast, uh, he was trying to build shows. He said, you and Alan should do a podcast. And we were like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And a month before we got married, we just started it, yeah, and literally sitting on my living room floor with a tape recorder, and we were horrible. We, we, I think, our first podcast was maybe fifteen minutes long, but we didn't know what we were doing, and we just talked, yeah. And now we're two and a half years in, longer than that now, and yeah. it's just we've gone from once a week to twice a week because we have you know these sponsors that are paying to be a part of our show, yeah. and our boss was like can you add a second show? We're like, okay, we'll add a second, but it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. But thankfully, you know, we, we work, we, we enjoy each other's company. And I mean, that we're just really lucky that way. And, and sometimes we, we air our differences. We get a little heated Mm -hmm. with each other on the podcast every once in a while. And, but that's real life. That's real life. Heath and I have had some On camera arguments,
0: yeah. Have we not met? Have you ever sensed tension with us in
2: there? I've sensed,
1: yeah. I I could (laughs) sense like, oh, this could, this is going to be a conversation after the show. I I feel like something's going to happen afterwards.
2: Yeah, uh, there's only been one time where he's told me, "Turn off the recorder. We're not doing this." And we had to. That was only one time. But usually, we just kind of let it play out. But one time, he just had had enough of me, and we had to end that one. But a lot of times, people think they're picking up on tension. We're like, what? We're Oh, we're and fine.
0: you're just, we're just, right. Just know. doing your podcast. You're probably got distracted bit. by
2: something or whatever.
0: So w- when I think of you and second shots, I also, you know, the, the obvious one to me too is your new business with your daughter. I was at the, uh, big launch party. You guys, it was, and if you follow my Instagram, you saw some of the pictures. And thank you the for coming. From that. It was so awesome. And thank you. So this is going to sound really crazy. We were, okay. This is back maybe two, maybe three years ago. We were at a party. You were there and a bunch of ladies were there. And it was for, what were those bags? Anyway, it was some other launch party. And I swear to you, you were asking about uh, an animal print bag. You were like, how can I get, you know, do you have this animal print bag, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward now, you started this line. And right. It sounds like it's all based on your search That's for the perfect started.
2: bag. That's exactly where it started. I spent years before the animal print bag searching for the perfect black leather jacket. Okay. I wanted, and I, t- I take years. I didn't want to waste some money. I wanted it to be the perfect one. I finally found it. Well, then my next search became an animal print clutch. Mm-hmm. I've been looking for an animal print clutch for years. And my husband would try to surprise me with one. Spend spent a lot of money on one. The wrong ones. And it was, and I just told him, I, you know, I love you, honey. And I love that you tried to do this, but, but I don't love this purse. And I know how much money you spent. Mm-hmm. And so he, Took it back, and he he wanted me to have the right one too, and then I finally found this local designer, uh, Parker and Hyde, and he did this. I was like, "That's it! That's what I've been looking for!" With you know just a few little tweaks, yeah. um, we decided to collaborate together, and so that was the 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 first seed for starting Emma Kelly and me. And um, I wanted to do a business with my daughter. She's thirteen now, and. I'm, I'm kind of fast forwarding a little bit. Years, sure. years ago, I had I had part, I guess you call it, the domain Emma Kelly and me. That was so smart. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I was a single mom. I was a single mom when I had a six month old daughter, and I and oh, I gosh, heard from, Kelly. oh that's, it was hard. Uh, that's, and I, I heard can from imagine. so many women who were in the same position where they were divorced or alone raising a child, and I was like, I, there's something there. I don't know what it is. Maybe a support group from single moms. Maybe it's huh. a business focusing on single moms. I don't know, but I went ahead and saved that site, never did anything with it. And then when I was, um, okay. So the purse thing happened and then I had to go to my niece's wedding this summer and we were searching for a dress for my daughter to wear. Do you know how hard it is? My daughter's tall for her age. Mm -hmm. She she was 12 at the time trying to find her an outfit and she's wearing women's size clothing to find something that wasn't sexy that was appropriate for a 12-year-old girl to wear to a wedding. And that she likes. That she likes. It's not showing skin. It's not plunging. And I was like, why is there nothing out Mm -hmm. there for me and for my daughter, really? And so that was another little seed that planted. And then I wanted to do something with my daughter because, let's face it, she's 13. She doesn't want to talk to me. Is that how it, is it, that
0: the age that it starts? When does it start?
2: Twelve. Oh. <laughs> Twelve. So you know, she just she's just going through the thing. And I remember I was that same way too. And you look for excuses to just have your daughter want to be around you. So she and starts so, a business. So I started in McKellie and me. <laughs> and it started with the the purses, that was the thing. And us, and you know we had these ideas of what we wanted to do and I went to market, and then I was like, well, I could pick out things that I think my daughter would like to wear that I find to be modest and appropriate, but I wanted her to actually choose the things with my veto. With your approval. I had the power of veto. (laughs) But I took her to market with me, and she picked out a dozen things. We're starting because we're learning as we go. Yeah, the line's beautiful. Thank Everything you. you well, we so underestimated cheap. We underestimated demand, and we kind of ran out really quickly. But we're restocking now. We're, we're getting our bearings and yeah. kind of figuring this thing out. But my daughter's picked out some really cool things that are appropriate. And I've heard from so many moms are like, thank you. Yeah. Um, this is a struggle that a lot of women have for your preteen daughter. The kids are so much, t- I don't know if it's something we're feeding them or if it's genetics, but kids are growing faster than their minds and they're, they're able to keep right. up and with when, it. And,
0: and faster what's appropriate, what's appropriate dress, like appropriate dress is like that needs, that's still a thing that right. should still be a thing that we right. think about even when our young girls maybe look a little older. Yeah. You to remember like.
2: A thirteen years old, right? And I do like the fact that Billy Eilish is so popular right now because yes. Billie Eilish is wearing these oversized mm-hmm. baggy sweatshirts and things. I'm like, yes, go for the sweatshirt, go for the baggy sweatshirts. But then when you got to turn around and go to a church service, yeah, or a wedding or a, some a nice event, then you're stuck. Where am I going to find something? Mm-hmm. You know. So that's that's another thing. So it's been more difficult than I thought. Does she
0: understand the magnitude of this? Does she understand that she's A young girl with a clothing and handbag line? No.
2: She doesn't get anything. My daughter, she has been Emma Kelly. Everybody knows Emma Kelly since she was born. And me being on the radio, it's just like she doesn't even think twice about it anymore. I think one day she might realize. But right now it's just another thing.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, it's just another
2: thing. But she is excited uh, about S- seeing her things on the website. Mm-hmm. We just shot some pictures with her. Those are going to be posted very soon. Because the thing about your learning when you have an online business, you order stuff, it takes forever for it to come in. You get, like, one or two things here. We've got, like, all these things ordered, and we're just like, come, come. we can't. Right, because you launched, and people are we launched, wanting it. But we did but we didn't know how this stuff works. So we <laughs> we launched thinking, well, all this stuff is going to be there, and then it didn't show up. So it was like, well, we sold out of everything, but –
0: yeah, well, what what has that, you know, like the business side of everything been like for you? Has that been
2: a learning curve? It's been a learning curve. It's been really, it's been very difficult because we, you know, we're very thankful that we've had a lot of women who have gone before me. I mean, this is not a new idea. Sure. Um, People launching businesses out of their homes. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. We launched out of our upstairs landing. Um, but they're like, anything you need, we will help you. And they're offering us so much great advice, which yeah. I'm like, it's so nice and so refreshing because it's not a competition. There's room for everybody. Of course. And these women are just like, anything you need, we're happy to help. We'll give you all of our contacts, information. I'm like, thank you. Because it would be great... kind of confusing. Oh, it's overwhelming. Like, I
0: mean, your background's in media.
2: I'm know, so, yeah. so how do you
0: know about how to find a, you know, where to buy this stuff and where to right. store it and shipping and, and all, website stuff, all How all do of those I things.
2: know how many pieces to order? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we ordered like... Well I guess more. The answer is more. more. (laughs) We we know to order more, but we were so scared to order anything. We ordered like five things and we're like, Oh, I wonder if anybody will like it. Well then when it was gone overnight, we're like, Well, wow, we messed up on that. But then you don't want to order a hundred things and then be stuck with it. It's it's like Hermes. It's just it's you a know? lot. They only bring out a certain amount of purses a year. And you either get it or you don't. <laughs> yes. Well, now we're not start, Hermes yet.
0: Now you can start charging 20 grand. Right. For right. those Hayden Parker no. bags.
2: Well, I would like, <laughs> let me tell you. I also have a reputation for being a bit frugal. Yeah. And so if I start charging a lot of money, <laughs> people are not going to like that. So we're trying to keep it at a great cost, you know, g- great price point. And right now, I'm curating things because I'm mm-hmm. not a designer, but I know what I like. Mm-hmm. And so, the goal is eventually to start designing things that are exclusively for Emma, Kelly, and me. Right now, I'm going to market. I'm buying yeah. things that I think you would like. And uh, we just expanded. Uh, we're adding a curvy collection now because there's okay. so many women. are like, what about us?
0: Completely. So yeah, that's smart.
2: Do you know what I mean? I, I have battled weight. I've been a plus size I, right now. I, you know, I used to weigh people. I, I used to weigh over two hundred pounds, and so I faced that dilemma of I want to like, look just as cute as the size twelve girl. Right. Where do I buy my? Where stuff? do I go? And mm-hmm. it was so hard. And I went to market, and I was truly shocked by some of the stuff that they were trying to sell for a curvier girl. I'm like, wh- what is this? Right. Why don't they just do the same thing? In different sizes. In different sizes. It is a different, yeah. you know, you have to do a little bit of different cuts and lines. But you, why do you have to, you're putting them all in this, I don't understand. It was cheaply made, just a blanket covering women. I'm like, they need, they want something. They want yeah. to feel good. I found the best um, plus size clothing designer. I'm so excited for this stuff to get because it made me almost want to cry. Because I was like, yes, this is what I was looking for. And I found a, a girl who is a plus size to model it because I said, I want to, I don't want to show... Don't you see these like size twelve girls trying to model a size twenty two? I mean, and then it's not going to look the same. It doesn't look the same. And then it's they body they pin it in the back. This is the secret that you think you get at home and it hangs on you like a tent. It's because the model they have clothes Mm -hmm. pins clipping it in the back to give them a figure. I was like, that's a lie. I don't want. I want everything to be shown as it fits. This, This is real. Here's our plus size girl, and this is, and she tells me. Kelly, this one runs small. This one's high-waisted. Tell them to size up. So when you're ordering, yeah. you know, cause not everything runs, what is true to size anymore?
0: Uh, I, somebody needs to get that figured out. Somebody, somebody needs to like make a universal size because yeah, who knows? It's like you're one well, size in one brand, one size
2: in the other right. So yeah. it's, it's hard because I'll watch some of these and nothing against these, uh, social media influencers. They'll say, well, I'm a small for reference. I'm like, But in reference to what? What does that mean? Like we've never seen her
0: in person. So we don't know. In
2: reference to a six foot tree. (laughs) In reference to what? Are you a small? So I I, I'm trying to say you do that. I've always wondered what what that was about. Are you just telling us you're a small? Right. Oh, they're never a size XL for reference. (laughs) No, nobody references that. Never see that. that. Never see that. (laughs) No, it's
0: true. It's always a size XL normally I'm a small,
2: but I'm a double XS in this one. (laughs) So just for true. reference. Just for reference. Just
0: you guys know.
2: No, no. Oh my gosh, that's so
0: true. Okay, I know we got to get you out of here, and I want to finish oh, we up. We bounced with these. all around. i probably no. This is good. This is what okay, we want. Good, this good. is this is what we want. These questions that we've been asked. Don't you think this has been interesting, Matt, to see what everybody's answers have been to the?
1: Oh yeah, I love fair
0: em. or unfair.
1: Yeah, actually, I do have a, a real quick question before we start to wrap yes, up. Yes, please. Is, and, and it's just like a something I've noticed through this entire story is that, Kelly, there just seems to be a lot of um, self-confidence in you, even from your early days of just jumping on the on the air and saying, I, I guess I'm just going to do this. Somebody told me I was going to be good at it. I'm going to be good at it. And following through to kid passing away and you guys saying, no, we're going to stick with this. We're going to keep going. Um, there's self-preservation there, but there's also a lot of self-confidence. And I'm just wondering, one, where do you think that came from? And two, how do you pass that on to people to say... I believe in myself, and you should believe in yourself as well.
0: I like that question.
2: Well, you know, a lot of times, yeah, I think I, I, I am – overall, I would say I'm confident in certain areas. But I have, you know, my own insecurities too. Mm-hmm. I had body issues that I really struggled with. I struggled – I've talked about it mm-hmm. on the radio. I struggled with bulimia um, from high school up until my 20s, and it was a real struggle. And to this day, it's still a, like a little me- mental thing. It's like sometimes – you you're like oh man you you could easily go back yourself seeking back into it easily go back to that but a lot of times it's just if you can just focus on what you're really good at and and I mean I I have insecurities I'm not always the Mm -hmm. most confident person in the world but I try to just highlight and focus like with your body. Mm-hmm. I know I've got good legs. Mm-hmm. Like you could say I'm bragging, but it's just genetics. My parents both have great legs and I inherited those. So I focus on my legs. Yeah. You know, when I was dressing myself, when I was over 200 and something pounds, I finally stopped getting on the scale. I didn't want to see it anymore. I would just, you know, I cover everything else I could, but I'd highlight my legs. And I guess that gave me a sense of confidence, you know, focus mm-hmm. on what you're focus good on at, what highlight you're good on the at. good, yeah. highlight yeah. the good. And you know, you got to deal with the, the other stuff eventually. Yes. Sometimes that takes therapy.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're, we're uh, big proponents of that on the show. Yeah. That's and I'll sure. be
2: honest, just the older you get, you start realizing, man, that stuff I used to stress so much about just is not important, it, you know, in the big scheme of things. Uh-huh. But that doesn't discount how truly important it is to you when you're going through it. So when you hear all these kids, they're going through their teenage drama and kids, don't don't discount them and blow them off when your daughter comes home and she's really upset because the boy that she likes likes somebody else. Mm-hmm. Because those to her in her little world that is love. Mm-hmm. And now eventually you know that wasn't love. You know when you get old, but to her in that moment it's really love. Mm-hmm. And so when you're going through any stage of life, now looking back, I'm like, oh, that was so silly. But when you're in it, it's deep and it's real. So I, I try not to discount people's feelings when they're going through it, because I know it's very real for them in that moment.
0: Yeah, that's a great message. Matt, I'm glad you asked that. Now, if you had to choose, would you elect for life to be wholly fair or wholly unfair?
2: Well, I mean, your knee-jerk reaction is fair, but, but to me, fair is um, if you work for something, you, you, you reap the fruits mm-hmm. of your labor, I'm not, a, I don't believe the fair, like everybody gets a trophy. Everybody has the same amount. Everybody, that, is that a level of fairness people are talking about? I just believe that I, I would like to think that life is fair. Kate, uh, not Kate, um, Meghan Markle just said mm-hmm. the same thing mm-hmm. when she was talking about, you know, I knew it'd be hard being in the public eye and being in the media. I knew they would come after me, but I just thought that, you know, what they would say would be, it would be fair. That they would play fair. They play yeah. fair. So my knee-jerk reaction is to say, I would like life to be fair. That if you put oh, in the hard yeah. work, if you're a good person, that it all comes back to you. But unfortunately, that's not always the case. Know. Good people go through some really sucky things, mm-hmm. and it's not fair. Mm-hmm. But you try to look, okay, so I, I know somebody's going through, like, one of the most hor- – and he's a great guy. He's going through some really horrible, horrible stuff right now. And in the depths of it, he couldn't, you know, couldn't see past – the ugliness of what he was going through, but now he's had some time, and he's still in the middle of it. But he said, "I think God put me through this because I was uh, losing sight of what's important in life, and it's brought me back closer to my family." Now, I was putting too much importance on getting another zero on the end of the check. Uh-huh. So even though what he, so he's found the meaning in it. He's found perspective. Yeah, and what he's going through is not fair. Yeah, it is yeah. not fair what he's going through. It really isn't. But he's taken the the, the lesson from it and, and finding the good in it.
0: Yeah, that's what we have to do. I mean, because it'll knock you down and make you reprioritize really quickly. Those well, yeah, things. it's like
2: if everything was—if I've just had sunshine and roses my whole life, I mean, I wouldn't be able—I wouldn't be able to share my bad experiences and say, "But look, you can come through it." Well, it's like what you just said about empathy for those girls.
0: If you—if if all of us had never been heartbroken, you know, as adults, if we had never been through that, we wouldn't have the wherewithal to say, "You know what?" That teenager who thinks that it's the worst day of her life. You know, lean into that a little bit and have some empathy.
2: Yeah, Yeah. and don't just blow her off. Right, right, right.
0: So, now we're going for that one piece of advice. We pose this question to everybody. Gosh, it's so hard. (laughs) It is hard, I know. So, here's the deal. We're going to do... And in fact, you know what, Matt? One of these days, we're going to take all of the second-shot-sit-down one-liners, and we're going to make them into one book. I like it. That's just like... I like to speak out things that I want to have happen. Now, (laughs) So here's the thing. So that's the deal. It'll be a one line. What's the one piece of advice that you'd have for anybody that needs a second shot? Keeping in mind that, like, say this would be distributed to everybody in the world that needs a second shot at life or a second perspective.
2: Well, when you oh God, I I was thinking about this because you did give me a warning on it and I was trying to, you know, it's... Well, because I didn't want to do like a gotcha question. Because it's a hard, it's a hard question to answer because I think, you know, one blanket piece of advice doesn't work for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think what I've found the most inspiration from is I, I love reading biographies and autobiographies. And if you find the people who are achieving success in whatever area if, if they don't have a book about them, maybe articles and mm-hmm. things that have people have achieved success. I think it's encouraging. It's inspiring. Um, like the lady who created Spanx. You know, to yes, read about like, her. Uh-huh. She came. I remember when I was getting married the first time. She was in Nordstrom. I was just going to go get some pantyhose because my legs are really white, and she was trying to sell me Spanx. And she she was there in Nordstrom, and I didn't know who she was. She was hustling. She was was hustling, and she was just a woman with an idea of cutting off pantyhose and making shapers. Mm -hmm. And to read her story and see where she came from and, you know, Mrs. Fields Cookies, all these people. If there's anybody that's maybe living the life you want for yourself, or even if it's not what you want for yourself, it's just success stories, read their stories, read their magazine articles, read their biographies and autobiographies. I think you can get a lot of inspiration from people who have been there before you.
0: Yeah, that's great. I love that. That's going in that book that we're going to make with all these pieces. Well, if you can put that shot, in one
2: sentence, good. That was luck. a little bit of a run on. <laughs> okay, tell everybody where they can find you. Although, although the products are sold out, but give well, them, we're getting give more. Them your website, give we're your website. More. It might. Well, my daughter's Emma Kelly, so it's ekandme.com. If you write emmakellyandme.com, it'll redirect you. But you can sign up for the email yes. list, and it will notify you when we get new products in. Um, we are launching Emma Kelly's, some of Emma Kelly's choices because they haven't all come in yet and some of the Kirby collection this week. So just keep checking ekandme.com or sign up for the newsletter. Um, I'm on social media everywhere as yes. Kelly Raspberry. If you can't find me, you're not trying you, or, or you're misspelling my name. That's the only two oh, options, right? you're doing right? it with a Y. Yes, you're doing yeah, it with a Y. Yeah, I'm Kelly with an I-E and there's no P in Raspberry. And, and uh, a sandwich yeah. and some love and podcast. And a sandwich and some love and podcast. Yeah, with my husband, anywhere you find I a uh, podcast, we're there. Awesome, thank you for coming in. Thank you. Uh, I hope I wasn't too all over the place for you. No, you were awesome. You were. You awesome. reined me back in as best <laughs> as you could. It was good.
0: Okay, you guys. We'll see you next time on the next second shot podcast.